What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse, and I am back with the crew from the Locks of Saturday, Brett Robert Dom, our producer. He is joining us tonight. Week Big 10. week here, week 10. We're going to do something a little bit different, a little more choose your own adventure this week. Not a huge number of new games on the slate. We don't want to talk about the same teams over and over again. So we went and found some of the best matchups for you. As always, hit us up on Twitter with your picks of the week at Sons of Sat. VT. We'll post a graphic with all of our picks for this week. And let's look at how we are doing. Brett, five games over 500. Really solid stuff for you so far. 28 and 23 against the spread slash game total this year. How are you feeling? How are you doing this? Doing pretty good, man. I think I just, you know, college football this year, it seems like the same teams keep doing the same thing. So um, USC actually last week was the first time I picked them and they haven't covered in a long time. So that one hurt, but riding them all year's been paid off pretty nice. Tennessee paid off pretty nice all year, even though I picked Bama against them. But other than that, I picked them pretty much in every other game. Uh, a few other teams, and then obviously it's helping out as the nutty game of the week. That didn't hit last week. The first I was going to say, the nutty pick, the under of all unders did not under, hit. All unders last week did barely miss, though, one, by one score. So Iowa had an offensive renaissance. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was that just shows how bad Northwestern is. So, well, I have to tell you, uh, the USC pick was my fault. I bet on USC. My bad. Um, they they have serious defensive issues at USC. I mean, they just don't look like a team that's even interested in stopping football. They just don't tackle. Yeah. No, terrible tackling, penalties. Um, they they look really lost defensively. Robert, second place, 27 and 24. You got to be feeling pretty good right now as well. Your Shirley's yeah, at 25 okay. and 25. We're hanging in there. Chris, a little bit of a drop off for Chris, 23 and 28 at 22 and 29. Let's get into the action. And really, um, I would like to mention real quick that I was in yes. for the first week last week and I went 0 and 6, just to let people know. That's fade machine. Don't bet whatever I bet. Literally. Just as hard to go 0 and 6 and 6. It is. It's just it truly as is. The odds are the same. And um, you make a lot less money one way. Yeah. <laughs> well, fellas, I mean, it's we could really just spend an hour talking about this game coming up. Number one versus number two in the SEC, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. The over-under is 66 for Tennessee. Eight-point dogs at Georgia, in Athens, um, game of the year. It doesn't get better. And we were talking just before we got on, it's a really tough game to pick because you're going to feel like an idiot either way. So, Brett, how are you going to feel like an idiot this weekend? Uh, I'm going to feel like an idiot because I think I was a week early on Tennessee uh, or, I guess, a couple weeks early on Tennessee. So, I think Georgia gets it done here. Um I just I don't know. I think they're gonna they're gonna lose a game. I mean, I think I mean everybody's comparing this team to the LSU team. I just don't see it. I don't think as a whole the team has as good the offense, yeah, is there, but LSU's defense that your people forget was also pretty good in, in spots. Tennessee does not have that and Georgia um the offense has been pretty solid all year. Uh I don't know. It's 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 hard to pick against Tennessee after what they did last week. Double digit spread against Kentucky, but I said last week and it stayed true. Kentucky just is not very good. They're only two point favorites this week against Missouri, who somehow beat South Carolina. So I think the bottom half of the SEC is honestly turning out to be not that great. Then you have 
Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee pretty much. And that's pretty much it. So I think Georgia's just the more physical football team. I actually think this Georgia team is better than a lot of people are saying, including me. I think I had them under 10 and a half wins this year. Don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to probably, they might run the table this year in the SEC. And uh, I think there's a tougher kind of style of football that Tennessee hasn't played yet. That Alabama team um, has a lot of issues, honestly, when they play them, watching them, lots of mistakes they usually don't make. Honestly, just didn't seem like the Alabama team where you see, you know, just absolutely just play tough football that game. So I think it made the moment, moment have been too big for them. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case for Georgia this week at home. So I like Georgia. I think this is Tennessee's, I mean, last real test. I mean, there's not really anyone else out here for the rest of the season that could beat them, I don't think. And they've passed every test they've had so far. I don't really know what else we have to see from this team. I think they're the real deal. Georgia, I mean, they've been blowing every team out, but their only big win in my eyes was against Bo Nix in week one. And I mean, that's Bo Nix. Oregon has looked better to this point in the season, but at that point they look terrible. So I think Tennessee, Tennessee will close it out, probably win the game because I just think they're the best team in the nation right now. So Tennessee. Brett, I like what you they do, they do have a lightning in a bottle vibe right now. It's just, oh, yeah. They do have that. So I will it's one of the big games. I don't know how you can bet against them right here. Well, I think the only way you can bet against them is they are playing the toughest possible matchup that the team could play, and that's at Georgia. Um, you couldn't script a tougher one. And what we saw with Oregon, who we now know is a very good team, especially offensively, they basically played a true road game at Georgia when they played at Atlanta. And they just got smoked. I understand that was the beginning of the year, so it's a little bit different. New coach, new quarterback, beginning of the year. But Georgia shows up in these big games. That's what Georgia does. And I'm a little bit worried that Tennessee has fed off the home crowd a little bit more than usual teams do, like a little bit more than that 2019 uh, LSU team, where everything's been set up so far for Tennessee to succeed. Now they kind of have to go into the Lions then to play. So that's going against them. Another thing that I think is going against them is if you watch how Tennessee is scoring, they're scoring a lot, but if you watch how they're scoring, a lot of these big plays are to wide open wide receivers. I mean, Jalen Hyatt has maybe not made a contested catch all year. He's wide open every single time, and Henry Hooker's finding them. That's great, and they're doing a great job of scheming their best players open to make plays. But what's the one thing people always say about Kirby Smarts and Georgia defenses? Yes, they're big. Yes, they're talented. Yes, they're fast. They are insanely smart. Every single player is their high IQ defensive player. Every player that goes into the draft from Georgia, the one thing NFL scouts love, high IQ player. I don't think Tennessee will be able to scheme that many wide open receivers and wide open runs like they have in previous weeks. Like I think that is going to be just a challenge from a coaching standpoint. So in this game, I'm going to go with the schematics and the home field. I'm going to go Georgia to win this one in between the hedges. I hate that the spread is plus eight. I think that's a little bit much. However, I think like what's more likely Tennessee keeps this within a possession or Georgia kind of runs away with it. I feel like Georgia running away with it is a little bit more likely in this game to me than, than Tennessee keeping it close. So I'm going to go Georgia here. Um, I also think we're underselling Georgia's ability to, um, you know, to keep up the pace with scoring 
in this. Alabama was able to do that to the end without any defense. Georgia's defense is much, much better than Alabama's right now. And I, I think I think Georgia's going to be able to keep pace in this game and probably win by a couple scores at the end. Didn't Georgia just lose a, uh, a D-end for the year, I think? You know, they also lost their entire starting def- defense right, they to just the have NFL last year. Behind him. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Like, I, I just I'm don't. Sorry. Like, I think the, the talent level difference between like Tennessee and Georgia is still pretty immense. And when Tennessee doesn't have that home field advantage, I think it's going to even out a bit and you're going to have more like mono e mono matchups that Georgia ends up winning. Um, but I'll probably feel dumb and Hennon Hooker will throw for 400 yards and strike the Heisman pose right in my face. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Everyone, every game, whoever picks against Tennessee is like, yeah, it's not going to happen this time. And then it just happens again. Like he just throws for another 400 yards. So yeah, that's true. My gosh, I really, I really did go back and forth with this one a lot today, because I think the point about uh, Tennessee on the road is a really important point. Because aside from, you know, they did have a really, really good road win at LSU. Um, that was pretty impressive. But besides that, they have not been tested in a hostile environment. Um, but that said, I just think eight points is just too many. Um, if it was six, I would probably lean more towards Georgia. But the fact that it's eight here, I love the idea of Tennessee keeping it within a possession. I really think this could be a classic game down to the wire. Um, honestly, my concerns really lie with Georgia a little bit. Like, yes, they've been really good. They're number one for a reason. But they've kind of, you know, half you know what did their way to this point. Uh, I mean, right now they're four and four against the spread. Good, not great. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I think that Georgia, they also really have not been tested at all by a quarterback at all. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks they're playing. They played Bo Nix week one. Then whoever Samford's quarterback is, Spencer Rattler, whoever the quarterback from Kent State is. Whoever the quarterback from Missouri is, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and um, then Anthony Richardson, who is not a downfield yeah. passer. Like, Hendon Hooker is by far the best passer that they have faced so far. And I just have questions about a young but talented secondary. Um, and questions, too, about, you know, Tennessee's been very good against the run. And if Stetson Bennett does not have that run game behind him, will he be able to make enough throws to, you know, give Georgia that large of a victory i think at the end of the day i think georgia wins just because of the talent that they have i mean you look at all the recruiting composite rankings and everything else like georgia is the most talented team in the country and i think that is what will carry them over the top that and being at home but tennessee definitely keeps it close uh hinden hooker has a decent day i think like i don't know 31 28 is kind of the score that's populating in my head couple of notes on this game if we look on action network 76 percent of bets are on tennessee right now so that's uh do with that what you will 76 yeah, like of bets. I'm, uh, uh, I'm about to change <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a uh that's that's a tough one um also talked about you know uh georgia kind of half ass in the last few weeks they are up 139 to 30 over the last three games they have kind of righted the ship a bit, but I will say they don't have 
they, they've had moments this year where they looked like a human football team. So we'll see. Uh, any other thoughts on this game? I, I think another thing to think about with this is do you, one, think about Tennessee money line, which is sitting right now. At, let me just refresh DraftKings to make sure I have the most up-to-date number. Um, but it is right now sitting at plus 240 for Tennessee. Do you think about that at all? Maybe as a hedge, but. I mean, uh, I don't think it's a bad bet. No, I don't think it's a bad bet. I don't, I don't think it's a bad bet. I, like I said, I'm thinking Georgia. I don't feel great about it. I'm just doing it based off prior knowledge. And what. And I've taken, like I said, Tennessee all year except for Alabama. And, you know, I'm going against them again here. But it's hard. Eight's a, eight's a very weird number, too. That's. It is an uncomfortable number. I put uncomfortable. Like, I don't feel good either way about it. No. Seven and a half and eight, I think, are the two worst numbers for betting. Also, apologize if you hear my dog barking. He decided that there was something that he was very angry at. Yeah, come on, Baker. Can't be the Browns. Like, Can't let your pick. You want to say it cannot, it cannot be the Browns, right? That was Who's a lot Baker of... taking? Oh, gosh. Um, it's got to be Georgia. It's a dog. He's – Good point. So is Tennessee. True. Wow. Well, oh. but Tennessee's mascot's a dog. He's closer. So Baker is a uh, shepherd terrier mix. He, uh, I guess, that's he's closer to Smokey. Closer to the blue tick coonhound, and I think spiritually he's closer to a blue tick coonhound. Um. Yeah. So I think he's going to go with Tennessee. But he roots for the Browns in Virginia Tech every weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Anything about that don't, Are you don't. considering changing his name to Jacoby after last night? <laughs> no, no. Brissett was I'm balling not. out, man. I'm not. I'm Cooper. not. Um, that Bengals team is is not good, and they're they're, they're yeah, they're not good. Uh, yep. Yeah, so that's about that on that game. I, I think this will be a really fun one to just kind of sit back and watch, even if you don't bet on it, because it is kind of a tough line. Do what you can just to bet on it. All right. Next game, we do have to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about it. I haven't really looked into it, to be quite honest with y'all, but Virginia Tech is a field goal favorite against Georgia Tech at home. Historically, Virginia Tech struggles against Georgia Tech at home. We will get into that. But, Brett, from a neutral betting perspective, Tech minus three, how do you feel about it? Neutral, I actually think Virginia Tech is actually the right play here. I don't think Virginia Tech loses six games in a row. I just – I don't really see that happening. I think I feel like this team has been so close, like a player two away every week. But the teams that they've lost a player two to um, are better than them. I don't really think Georgia Tech's better than them. If anything, they're probably equal. So I think a field goal is fair at being at home. It's pretty much you're saying it's a toss-up. And I think I'd take Virginia Tech at home in a toss-up game. I mean, it seems like from what I'm hearing and seeing that the stadium's going to be pretty close to sold out again, which is insane. Like, oh, the only two teams that I know do that are Virginia Tech and Nebraska. No matter how bad they're playing, it seems like the stadium always sells out or is at least 80% full. Um, and they're both in very similar situations. So, well, I guess we have a coach. Nebraska knows it, but you know what I mean. So I think Virginia Tech pretty much in a toss-up here is the correct play just because I don't foresee them losing six in a row. And the fact that the teams they've been close to beating, like a player two win, they're not better than um, like from a talent level. And I think 
that even if Jeff Sims does play, which I don't have anybody in the status on him, or is he not playing the rest of the year? No, he's he's practicing in full. Okay. Well, even so if they have even, gonna play. even if they have Jeff Sims, I I don't I think the talent level is pretty similar. And Fry, yeah. Fry seems to know a lot of people, but he said a few times he said it today in the press conference in a couple other places that he knows this he knows the coaches and the schemes of Georgia Tech really well. So I don't know if that gives an edge being being at home. I don't know. I think Tech's the right player. At Florida State, absolutely. That was a brutal. I picked Georgia Tech last week, forgetting that Jefferson wasn't playing, and they still almost covered. But that was like a 24-point spread. They missed it by one. Dom, before we get to you, I should mention the over-under for this game is at 40 and a half. 40 and a half. So pretty low. Pretty low. Well, last week Tech covered, but it didn't feel like a cover, you know, being a fan of the team with how that game ended. I mean, the – thing that I liked the most I thought was Malachi Thomas and I think he's doubtful to play this week so I don't like the chances for Tech to win I think since they're both really bad defenses and I mean bad offenses that there won't be a lot of points so I do like the under I think it could be honestly be like a three-point game like something like nine to six a bunch of field goals so I actually think I will take Tech this week out of it's just some blind hope you know blind squirrel pick here Tech. I like it. Um, I really don't feel good about this team right now. I just think mentally they're not very sharp. And I think we, we talked about the coaches. I think they, the, the coaches are really struggling to get their guys ready to play um, outside of really two or three long passes against NC state. The offense did nothing. It was a pretty pretty pathetic performance i think they kind of stumbled their way into three touchdowns there um i think we're going to see some shuffling on special teams and on offense again in this game Uh, unfortunate they talked about using a two-back system and then both backs get hurt (laughs) so i think you're going to see grant wells actually kind of air the ball out in this game georgia tech is not a very good pass defense team and they haven't been for a few years which tells me that Coaches against Georgia Tech feel like they can just match up against their defensive secondary and win one-on-one matchups. So I think you see Grant Wells air it out a bit here. I think playing at home will help Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, I should say Virginia Tech, as we're talking to Tech teams. So uh, give me the Hokies minus three. I, I also definitely, definitely lean towards the under. Uh, even if Jeff Sim plays, he can't throw the ball downfield. Their only throws that they're completing with Jeff Sims are right at the line of scrimmage. And the one thing that Virginia Tech's defense has done really, really well this year is coming up and making plays on the edge on those like quick screens, tunnel screens, things like that, doing a really good job defending those. So I think Tech defends those really well. I think athletically this Tech team is kind of built to deal with a running quarterback. So I think they do that as well, regardless of who's playing. I think both quarterbacks – for Georgia Tech can run the ball a little bit. So I think Tech's defense plays really well. Grant Wells airs it out. I don't know how well airing it out will go for them. Probably not well, but I, I think they win this game probably by a touchdown to 10 points. It feels right. Yeah, um, you think if they air the ball out a lot that this could be a possible breakout game for Grant Wells or what? You know, we're seeing Grant Wells, the deep ball is better. Like he's making more plays in the deep ball, but it's – it's really hard. I think schematically Virginia tech is very, very poor. 
right now. Uh, they just can't, they, they can't seem to get any sort of flow to the offense going. So it's, for me, it's hard to judge a quarterback when he's handing the ball off twice and then throwing a short route. Like, I, I don't really know what you're about to gain from that. So uh, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll be able to hit a few deep balls this game like they did against NC State. Against much, much worse defensive backs. I'm actually taking Georgia Tech in this one. Um, I can't believe I'm going to be the pessimist here, but I don't know. The Sim, there's there's two major injury notes that I think are going to really um, kind of dictate the game. Uh, sorry, somebody's driving by my house. Um, it's Jeff Sims playing. First of all, Georgia Tech had been looking a lot better before he got hurt. They'd won two games in a row. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like they were – world beaters by any means, but they, you know, they had beaten Duke and Pitt in a row, um, Pitt on the road as well. And then you add on the fact that Malachi Thomas is not playing or is doubtful for Virginia tech. I, that is, I think that is soul crushing for this Virginia tech offense. Um, Cause it, it, yes, they have improved a lot as the year has gone on, but I think that so much of that has to do with him. Um, I mean, you saw it from, from the moment he entered the game against Pittsburgh, he scored a touchdown on his first run. And even if he himself is not getting a lot of yards, like I think he only had like 30 against NC state, just the threat of him and the, the idea of him, like defenses have to play to him. And so that opens up more, that opens up more of these deep balls, like those shots that Grant Wells was hitting in the third quarter to Caleb Smith. Like that ball is probably not there. If Malachi Thomas wasn't in the, in the game. Um, and like, you're looking at an offense where without Malachi Thomas against FBS opponents is averaging less than 280 yards and less than 12 points a game. Um, I don't know. I just have no, no trust for the Virginia tech offense at this point. I mean, you've got, if you can't run the ball, even with Keyshawn King in there, you know, he's not, he's had a, a good year when healthy, but you know, his, his, plays are, his plays are very hit or miss. He's kind of a, a firecracker type of a player. Like he's, he's going to have a couple big plays, not necessarily like chunk yard, chunk yard, like Malachi Thomas. Um, and when you add on the fact that like your interior offensive line gets blown off on every run play and your veteran tackles can't pick up a, a blitz um, and leave Grant Wells vulnerable, if the Hokies are airing it out, I don't trust it, especially when receivers aren't getting open either. Um I mean, the reliable targets right now for the Hokies are Caleb Smith, Daquan Wright, and Daquan Lofton when the ball is caught. Like, yeah, I don't I think know. As as far as the offensive line, um, or Chris, who's not on tonight, he made a really good point about how the offensive line penalties have seemed to come in spurts, and they seem to have come road games at night. You know, it was yeah. the the ODU game the NC state game. Do we think that this game being at home, being a little calmer might help these guys because it does seem to be in between the ears for this offensive line, all the mistakes. I definitely think that from a penalty standpoint, I certainly don't expect 10 false starts. Um, but I, I don't know. I still don't think it'll be enough, but yeah. Yeah. I, it'll be easier being at home for sure. Right now, via Action Network, 74% of the bets are on the Hokies. Again, 
take that as you will. Uh, the line for this game, not a ton of movement. I believe it opened at Virginia Tech plus four and has floated between plus four and plus three. So not a ton of movement there. Um, Again, I think if you can get this at plus three, you should do it because it does feel like a field goal might determine this game. But as far as the future of Virginia Tech, like this is one you kind of, I, I don't want to say you have to have it, but like, yeah, you, it's, it's really down bad right now. And I think a lot of people are starting to doubt whether this, this is going to work <laughs> at all. And right. uh, at some point you need, you need some evidence to build on for next season. And this is probably their best chance. I think this and the UVA game are their two best chances to get a win this season because Duke looks not terrible and Liberty is very much not terrible. Every, every, every part of Virginia tech athletics says that they're going to lose at Liberty. So, so you might as well chalk that one up right now, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to see, if they can bounce back in this game. And I think a noon game at home is the perfect time to do it. Definitely an important win. Fans are really wanting this one. We need this one just for the culture. Like, come on, we need it. Just yeah. for the vibes. We haven't, yeah, we haven't won a game since mid September. Yeah. Dying out here. Yeah. It's, it's been tough fellas. It's been, it's real tough to be a Virginia tech fan right now. All right, let's move on. Brett, give me a winner. Just give me a winner. I think Ed just popped in here. He's not on video. I think I'm pretty sure I saw him pop in. Are you here? I think Ed is still sucking Nova traffic. Yeah, he popped back out. The struggle uh, is real. Uh, I thought he was in there. Yeah, Nova traffic. You hate to see that. Um, couple winners. Uh, Slate kind of weak this week. This week, honestly, pretty tough. Um, besides, obviously, probably the biggest. I would say the biggest college football game of the year. But other than that, you know, it's uh, pretty weak. Um, I picked some kind of gross games. Uh, I'll start with my first one. We talked about how seven and a half is a weird line, but I'm, I haven't placed my bet yet because I'm waiting to see what happens. But as of right now, it's minus seven and a half. Uh, my uh, four State versus Miami. Miami is garbage. I mean, just absolutely garbage. I mean, they barely beat a horrible UVA team. And honestly, barely beat a horrible Virginia Tech team. They almost lost. And four State – I think I was on the over for them this year on wins. I I, I was a little high on them. Uh, I think a lot of people were underestimating them just because I think people like making fun of them just because of how bad they've been and all the coaching changes they've had and all that stuff and the poor quarterback play. But I think they finally have a stable situation of quarterback with Jordan Travis. And uh, honestly, I think Forest State is going to pretty much just flat out dominate Miami. I think it's not. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. Uh, I like for, I like them in this spot seven and a half. Always a weird line to bet, um, especially if you're on the line. The money and the action are both like 50-50 on these games. People don't know what to do, but I like Florida State in this spot just because Miami is playing horrible. Tyler Van Dyke's been benched. He probably won't even start this week. Um, that, that I don't even know what happened to him. Like, that's horrible. That's like him and Brennan Armstrong have to be the two worst downfalls in college football quarterback history from where they were a year ago. But uh, anyway, only in the Coastal. But I like Florida State. The Atlantic's just better. Florida State's been playing better teams, better football. Miami's just not in a good spot. So only seven and a half points to the Knowles. You know, speaking of Brennan Armstrong, I'm also going to go with an ACC game. Also seven and a half points as the spread. This time we're going with a UNC-UVA. I don't think UVA 
can put up enough points to cover seven and a half against UNC, who has just like one of the more explosive offenses in the entire country. <clears throat> I think Drake May is going to hang like a 50 burger on them and they won't even put up 20 points. So if the line was way further, I'd still take it. So minus seven and a half UNC against UVA. Yeah, that's going to be ugly. There is like UVA still has no secondary. Yeah, I don't know why the line is so low. I don't see what they see. Because the coastal is just chaos. Because it's mess. Because it's a mess. And also, you look at like right now, UNC is vastly outperforming their preseason expectations. I I think there might be a come down to earth for Drake May at some point towards the end of this season. We'll see when it is. Uh, UVA's defense not been tested a lot, but they've held their own. They haven't been terrible. Much much better than last year. Uh, I got a week and night game for you guys. Coastal Carolina plus three at home against App State. I got the teal field behind me here. Um, App State, not very good. Not as good as we thought they were this year. And Coastal Carolina is still chugging along. They lost a lot of good players, but here they are, seven and one. Grayson McCall is playing out of his mind. The Chanticleers, number eight in EPA per pass this year. I think primetime game at home on a weeknight combined with a really good passing offense versus a mediocre passing defense. Just going to be too much for App State. Also, love the over in this game. I think these are two offenses that want to put up points, but underdog at home on a primetime game, I'm going to eat that up all day. So give me Coastal Carolina plus three in this one. I'm going back to the well once again. Uh and that is Kansas State, baby. They were what a awesome. Last we can we let's before you get work. to this week's matchup. Can we talk about last week's matchup? Because I bet Oklahoma State. So did I, and I was like confident. Will Howard, baby, he's the truth. I mean, that guy. I mean, honestly, if he hadn't have gotten hurt, they were very much running away with it against TCU as well. Um, he has absolutely revitalized their offense. Um, and I don't know, they may still throw Martinez out there when he's healthy. And if they do, I don't know, but I don't know the fact that I'm getting two and a half points here for Kansas state top 15 team. They are on the road at Texas. Um, you know, Texas very hit or miss, but I think what really stood out about Kansas state is their defense. Um, their defense is one of the best in the conference. Um, just, just so good. And, I think the key for Kansas State really is when when they are at their best, um, you can really look at their time of possession numbers. Um, like, for example, in that Oklahoma State game, they had the ball for just under, I think, 36 minutes um, compared to 24 for Oklahoma State. Whereas in that TCU game the week before where Kansas State lost, they only held the ball for 21 minutes. So Kansas State's defense is good not necessarily good in terms of being having a lot of longevity. So the offense needs to hold on to the ball and kind of control the pace and then allow Kansas state's defense to just make plays and spots. And I think that's what they'll do here against Texas. Um, like I said, Will Howard, he's lighting it up. Um, you know, they, they do have a legit offense now and can, you know, teams aren't loading up eight or nine in the box against Deuce Vaughn anymore. Because they nope. can't. Because Will Howard's going to make throws down the field, and that just creates so much balance. And it's really what they were missing. Um, so yeah, Kansas State plus two and a half. Hammer it. Will Howard as a recruit, class of twenty twenty, is only a mediocre to low three star out of Pennsylvania. 
He was a top 10 player in the state, but only had offers from Kansas State, Bowling Green, Cincinnati, Harvard, and Kansas. Uh, someone missed, he was missed in recruiting big time. I mean, big time. Six yeah. foot three to six foot four pa- pocket passer can sling the ball. Uh, I don't, 247 said he was a pretty good player, and still, people just didn't offer this guy. Chris Gleeman, man. He's a heck of a coach. I tell you, huge, huge season for former North Dakota State coaches. Wyoming's playing really well. Kansas State's playing really well. Something to it. Yeah, that was probably the worst beating I've ever taken on a bet last week for picking Oklahoma State. I don't think I've ever gotten that beat that bad on a bet before. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Well, if you want to get involved in this awesome thing that we do called uh, betting on college football, head over to DraftKings. And you know what? It's not just college football. You got NBA there too. The NBA season is in full swing. My Cleveland Cavaliers are looking like legit title contenders this year. I love it. And right now with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 on any NBA money line and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100%. The DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a bet. Stepped up same game parlay today. Bigger payouts than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where we all go to bet for not only college football, but also the NBA. Irby, do you have a bet for the people? Yes, so a fun money line. Uh, sorry, a fun money line uh, for Thursday night. I love the Hawks plus 110 at playing at the Knicks. Uh, that's become a pretty fun rivalry because um, they just hate Trey Young in there and he loves going up there and showing out. Um, and I love the Hawks. They're taking some time to mesh, but the fact that they brought in Deontay Murray, so they run in that two point guard system. He and Trey Young are flowing really well together. They're averaging between the two of them, 39 points and 17 assists a game. They're just a better team. You get the plus odds. Take it, baby. And you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SOS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Brett. You're the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, this is what the people are listening for. Give us another winner. Just give us a winner. Uh, another winner I like. Actually, this is another team I don't want to bet on, but I am because there's no way this team loses five in a row now. I think it would be, they would lose, I believe, the fifth loss in a row. Uh, Texas A&M minus three at home versus Florida. Uh, I just – I don't foresee – there's no freaking way Jimbo Fisher loses another game at home against uh, against a pretty – subpar for the team. Uh, I think Chuck Zanetti's defense is too good for Anthony Richardson. I don't think Ford's going to do everything on offense. I would expect the under to hit on this game as well. Uh, but I like Chuck Zanetti in the spot at home. I think if this game was at Florida, I would not touch this with them for pole, but I like Chuck Zanetti in the spot. I think, honestly, just because of what Auburn just did, that was a $30 million deal. I know Jimbo's at $90 million, but there's some billionaire that Texas A&M has, if they lose five in a row, maybe six in a row, he might be fired. Like, I might even get him. Like, there's, like, some boosters going to be like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm pulling all my money. Here's $100 million. That's a possibility at Texas A&M. 
So I think he's fighting for his life at this point. Actually, he might, yeah, he might be like, there might be a hit out for him. Actually, my house would have been or something like that. <laughs> the liquidation of assets happening in Southern and Eastern Texas right now is pretty astronomical. Has not been seen since the Great Depression. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, pretty upsetting. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, I text. I mean, there's just no way Texas didn't lose this game. There's just no way. Honestly, if they do lose, I won't even be mad because what's going to unfold is going to be hilarious at College Station. But I think there's just no way they lose. So I'll make Texas A&M minus three at home. I like it. Dom, give us a winner. Yeah, I got to come up with some name for my pick because it seems that I'm going to have to do a few of these. But I like Clemson minus four and a half against Notre Dame. I mean, they're 8-0. They've won every game by more than four points, and they've played much better competition, I feel like, than Notre Dame. I'm still really low on Notre Dame even after last week. <clears throat> Clemson didn't look too great against Syracuse, but still covered six points against a ranked team. So I think that they beat Notre Dame by at least two touchdowns. I like it. I'm still high on Clemson. I think, they, uh, I think they're still a playoff team. I think people are underestimating the quality of the, the three – of the last four wins that they have. I mean, full strength Wake Forest, full strength NC State, and full strength Syracuse. They beat all of them. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, Clemson was win, a... Oh, sorry. I was yeah. just going to say that win for Notre Dame was so fluky against Syracuse last week mm-hmm. because, like, the field position was insane. Like, they blocked a punt. Had a, Syracuse had another shanked punt. There were two interceptions. One of them was a pick six. Like, I don't know. They were just getting handed points. I mean, they were like a 14-point favorite against Clem- uh, against Syracuse, and now all of a sudden Notre Dame's a four-point dog. Like, I don't get it. I don't see it. Even though they didn't cover, I still think that uh, that line is way too low. That makes that makes sense. I got a couple games here. Uh, well, I got actually uh, – I'm trying to choose between two games. I think – Let's talk graveyard shift for uh, – do we want to do graveyard shift now or do we want to wait to the end? Uh, that's the owl. I got to go my graveyard shift. Big oh, Hawaii, Fresno State under 62. Uh, I don't think either of these teams can come close to scoring 62. Hawaii defensively has not been terrible, um, and they still – like they can't do anything on offense. They just don't have the wide receiver talent right now. And then Fresno State, they're playing a little bit better, but – Again, I, I think this game under 62, it's just way too big of a number. So, uh, yep. Under 62 in that game. Well, another winner I have before I do the free money, the other winner I have is uh, Illinois minus 16. They're playing Michigan State. Uh, if you would have told me a year ago, like, when Michigan state was like undefeated and like a playoff contender that a year later, they were going to be a 16 point dog on the road to Illinois would not have believed you, but here we are. And Illinois is just a much better football team at this point. Michigan state is in disarray. They have dudes suspended because of the massive fight. Like Brett Bielema has got them boys rolling um, and they're going to keep it going. I don't mind laying the points here. Yeah, Michigan State had Kenneth Walker. They might have a chance. But... Right? Yeah. Who knew? It was all predicated on one guy. This is why you can't build a program exclusively through the transfer portal. Is because this will happen. You will be really good one year, and then you will be awful the next year. 
once yeah, all because those guys a better leave. transfer portal recruiter and Lane Kiffin comes along and takes all of those players away from you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then I guess my free money that I will do right now. Uh, my free money is God, I love this team so much. Tulane minus mm-hmm. seven and a half mm-hmm. on the road at Tulsa. I really just don't understand this line. Tulane is they are the best group of five team in the country right now. Like they will be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl if they keep playing the way they are. While Tulsa, on the other hand, this is a hard one for well, this is a hard one for me to say because I keep like confusing Tulane and Tulsa. They're like the same name. <laughs> Tulsa, not only did they not win a single game in the month of October, they did not lose a game by single digits. And you're t- so they lost every single game by 10 or more points in the month of October. They have not won since September. And you're telling me they're only getting seven and a half points against the best group of five team in the country. Like that's insane. Tulane is going to win this by three, maybe four touchdowns. Like this will not be a game. This is truly free money. I like it. I like it. Uh, Purdue minus four and a half versus Iowa. I just think you're going to have a case of Purdue outscoring them here. And four and a half, I like that. I think if it was a little bit higher, it'd be scary, but four and a half feels like they could win by a touchdown. And I still have a little bit of cushion there. Something weird happens. So Purdue minus four and a half versus Iowa. I need another Purdue win for them to get past their win total for the year. So I'm a big Purdue fan for the next couple of weeks. Any others, guys? What else do we got? I'll throw my nutty pick out there real quick. The Texas A&M wasn't my nutty under. This is actually not like the – I've been like – most of my lines have been like 40 or less. This one's not there. This is Oregon State, Washington, Friday night, under 55. Uh, why, you might ask? Because apparently they are calling for catastrophic rain and 40-plus mile-an-hour winds. There's potential they might cancel the game or move or try to move it. Uh, but if they don't, it's pretty much like a hundred percent chance that it's going to be like granted on the West coast. So I guess, I don't know what their tropical storm is. I know the hurricane's a typhoon, but I don't know what the tropical storm is. I don't know what the definition of that is, but on that side. Anyway, that's basically the conditions they're going to be playing in. Oregon state ranked the first time since 2013. They run the ball really well. That's what they're going to do all game. Washington state passes the ball really well. They will not be doing that at all. Uh, under 55 hammer it. It's going to be hilarious to watch if they do end up playing those conditions. Is the game uh, which day is that game? Is it Friday or Friday Thursday? Friday. Friday? I think it's Friday night. I will double check. But I'm pretty sure it's Friday night at eight o'clock. Let's check that before I give the. Oh no! Report. Friday night at ten thirty. Ten thirty Eastern. Okay, so yeah. uh, the weather report for Friday night in Seattle: forty degrees, raining, uh, winds. T- 15 to 25 miles per hour, about a quarter of an inch of rainfall. So, uh, y'all just be careful playing weatherman. We tried to do that for a hurricane and then it didn't even rain in Clemson, much less the hurricane hit. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, we won't try to play weatherman in this one. Well, yeah. fellas, that's about all that we have for this weekend. Pretty slow week. So, if you have some really fun picks, Tweet it at us at Sons of Sat VT. We'll be sure to share those. We'll have our graphic up there as well. 
This, of course, is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces and our really cool backgrounds, including the Coastal Carolina teal field right behind me. And then uh, why did you choose the Alamo Dome, Robert? Or the Kibbe Dome. Or the Kibbe Dome. Yes, who could forget? Yeah, I don't know. It was just, uh, I feel like I was going to coincide it with my picks, but then I feel like I've used all those fields already. Uh, And I don't know, the Alamo Dome, it's pretty sick. I feel like as the student correspondent, I should have uh, the Hokie Stone in the background, make it look like I'm on campus. (laughs) Just actually go and sit outside Lane Stadium for every, oh, wait, shoot, they don't have signal there. You couldn't have Wi-Fi. Never yeah, I'll go to the dorms. I'll just I'll just film outside the dorm. Which 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 uh which dorm was yours fresh? What's what's the dorm? I was in Pritchard. Yes. Oh, okay. Lucky. Best, it's best a special quad. it's a special bond. Yeah. Built best a lot quad. of good relationships in a good old Pritchard. Oh man, Pritchard. They're about to knock it down. I'm so happy. Pritchard, right across from Castle Coliseum. We will be talking some college basketball here coming up shortly, hopefully next week. Talking some college hoops. The Hokies tip off against Delaware, Delaware State. State. Correct. That's something to be excited about as Hokie fans, finally. Whatever. Let's <laughs> beat them by 50. All right. That'll do it for us. Robert, we really need this one. Pick up the vibes. Sign us out. Go Hokies.